Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. If I can wear my listener's hat for a moment, I would like to say thank you to everyone who stepped in to keep the WIA news on air during the absence of Graham, VK4BB. To 4 Baker Baker, you've been missed, and welcome back. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, it is the national news service for week commencing March 18, 2018 in our 24th year of non-stop news. WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM WIA's Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, attends Asia-Pacific telecommunity gathering in Perth. WIA directors Skype to your local club meetings. And WIA President Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey, reports in this week's board summary. These stories and more in this edition of News from the Wireless Institute of Australia. I'm Graham, VK4BB. ACMA to auction 3.6 gigs. Communications Minister Mitch Fifield has announced an auction process for the 3.6 band. Services in the 3.6 gig band will have up to seven years to vacate in regional areas and only two in most of the nation's cap cities. Minister Fifield issued declarations for the services to move as part of beginning an auction process for 125 megs of the 3.6 gig spectrum favoured for use by upcoming 5G services. In its plan put forward in October, the ACMA proposes auctioning off the 3.6 band in the second quarter of this year. The 3.6 Spectrum band is currently used in Australia for fixed line and satellite services. In an effort to improve aviation efficiency and safety, Imarsat and Air Services Australia have partnered up on satellite voice communications. Specifically, the focus will be on evaluations for air traffic services in Australia in areas beyond the reach of traditional VHF voice coverage. Through the partnership with Inmasat, Air Services Australia will help airlines and operators complement conventional voice communications equipment with modern digital technology. The evaluation is working towards two important customer benefits. More effective and ultimately safer avionics safety services over the oceans and remote areas and lower weight for avionics, contributing towards reduced fuel burn and greenhouse emissions. SatVoice Communications is a two-way channel satellite-based service that enhances accuracy in cockpit communications and therefore aircraft safety. It is good to be back, and as Jeff VK4ZPP said at the top of this bulletin, thank you to everybody who stepped in to keep the WIA news on the air this past 10 weeks or so. You know, it was a quirk of fate that the backup team that I had for some 23 years or so announced just a fortnight before I left suddenly that they were unavailable from 2018 on. President Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey organised several anchors and writers, then another pothole in the news road. The untimely death of WIA Secretary Jim Linton, who for the past three or four years, week in, week out, supplied news of what our WIA was up to. Around the same time as this was going on, a prolific writer and reporter for WIA News and immediate past WIA director lost his wife, Val. Roger, VK2ZRH again, thoughts are with you. So, as we move forward, I'd like to say a huge thank you to the myriad of hams who reached out with condolences, entire callback teams put pen to paper, so thanks one and all.
To the WIA, via Executive Officer Bruce Defaults, and to our sister news service in the USA, Amateur Radio Newsline, via Editor Karen Eve Murray, a huge thank you for the donations made, in lieu of flowers, to the Gallipoli Medical Research Foundation. So with that, to WIA News and President Justin. Over the past few weeks, the other board directors have been letting you know about some of the large-scale strategic projects that the board is considering. This week, I'm going to focus on some of the more immediate key activities that keep your WIA operational. The Strategy Advisory Committee's last survey results clearly demonstrated that members saw WIA involvement in international forums like the ITU, the IARU and the WRC as the most important reason they were members of the WIA. To support this area, the WIA Board approved the expenditure for Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, to attend the Asia-Pacific Telecommunity Gathering, the APG, in Perth last week. Dale attended as the APG coordinator for WRC 19 Agenda Item 1.1, which is the ITU Region 1 50 MHz allocation, and, as such, takes an active part in the APG meetings. Dale is also the Australian Coordinator for Agenda Items 1.1 and 9.1.6 and represented the agreed Australian position on the two Agenda Items at the APG meeting. Now Agenda Item 9.1.6 covers wireless power transmission or WPT and it is important that we are able to express our concerns about radio frequency interference that might be generated by WPT systems. Board members also meet regularly with the ACMA to discuss a broad range of topics including the deed of agreement, the business rules, reporting, submissions and recently the legislative roadmap relating to the new Radio Communications Act. The WIA has an excellent working relationship with the ACMA. The Spectrum Strategy Group has a key role in this relationship through the research, consultation, development, drafting and communications of many of the submissions that go to the ACMA. The latest is the Licence Condition Determination recommendations that are about to go out for final comment to members and the amateur radio community. Once final comments are received and considered, the submission will go to the ACMA for consideration. Finance reports form a big part of board meetings and the board receives monthly profit and loss and balance sheet reports. There are usually many questions that are answered each month about these reports. In the last few months the board has agreed to establish a finance committee and this committee once in place will take over from the current finance working group. This committee will undertake finance and accounting functions for the WIA and address the single point risks making this area much more sustainable. This group, along with the Audit and Risk Committee, will provide the governance structure the Board needs to manage this area. The Board has decided to continue with the use of independent bookkeepers and accountants in the short term whilst these committees are established. Supporting the Board's principle of making this organisation much more sustainable, The board has put in place a broadcast team. This broadcast team now consists of over 15 people who are involved in a variety of roles. This team puts together the weekly WIA national news broadcast that you're hearing now. The board approved the terms of reference and role descriptions and updated the policy for the publication of contentious comment to include the broadcast along with publications. We now have a WIA national news broadcast handbook 
to guide volunteers through the process in the future. The call for volunteers was also successful in bringing in many new volunteers and we welcome them to the broadcast team. We also welcome Graham VK4 Baker Baker back into the anchor role after a bereavement break. The board receives regular updates from the WIA Radio and Electronics Convention Beyond 2020 Organising Committee on the preparation of this event. There are many elements to organise and the committee is busy making sure this will be another one to remember. And I encourage everyone to take a look at the convention program on the WIA website. It has recently been updated with further details. We have received a few questions about the relevance of it being held at the SeaWorld venue. Even though this venue is a theme park resort, it has excellent conference facilities and you don't have to go anywhere near the theme park if that's not what floats your boat. The venue is also close to a wide range of accommodation options including caravan, camping and hostel facilities. There is a fantastic Saturday afternoon technical program including 2020 and beyond planning, the new LCD, FT8, both ends of the spectrum with meteor scatter at the microwave end and DXing down at the 630 and 2200 metre ends. And there is also Telcall and HF meets 4G and electromagnetic compatibility with the board's very own Brian Clark, VK2GCE. Now the board gets many requests for board members to attend club meetings. And the board has struggled with these requests given the financial position of the WIA and all board members are volunteers and most work full-time as well. However, what we're able to offer clubs is a virtual presence. If your club has the ability for a director to Skype into your meeting and project it onto the big screen with a suitable sound system for questions, then this is something the board offers. The QSL Bureau is another active area and with the establishment of the new QSL policy, there is a combination of education, compliance and endeavouring to make the QSL Bureau cost neutral. The general trend is towards electronic QSLs, however there is a surprising number of hard copy QSL cards still go through the Bureau, especially for special events and de-expeditions. As an example recently, there was 45 kilograms or around 16,000 cards go out in one month and postage these days is not a cheap option. The WIA also has an IARU obligation in relation to QSL operation in that every attempt should be made to ensure that inward cards are delivered to members. Data integrity within the ACMA Spectra system has haunted us again over the last few weeks. What is data integrity, I hear you ask, and what does it mean for me? Well, there is supposed to be only one record in the Spectra system per call sign. This is how the WIA determines which call signs are available and which are allocated. If there are two records for the same call sign, then problems can occur. We discovered three call signs with duplicated entries, and these have been corrected by the ACMA and no call signs or amateurs were harmed during this operation, hi hi. This was a good test for our business rules that the WIA has in place with the OCMA. Until next time, this has been Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey, for the WIA National News Service. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. 
international news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, Local News Services VK2 and 7, and the worldwide sources of the WIA, including VK2 FKND. I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. 80-year-old radio ham rescued from top of mast. The Martha's Vineyard Times reports an 80-year-old radio amateur had to be rescued from his 6-metre backyard antenna by the Egertown Fire Department. William Welch, K1IOC, an electrician and avid amateur radio operator, got his sneaker caught atop a 20-foot-tall backyard antenna after he scaled the structure to secure it ahead of an impending nor'easter, his wife Betty told the Times. Firefighters, after plucking the plucky octogenarian from his high on almighty perch, took him by ambulance for observation at the local hospital. His wife said his pride is a little bruised, but nothing else. 5 MHz Band Access Trial NZART is pleased to announce that it has negotiated with RSM and the NZ Defence Force to obtain a licence to allow limited operation by ZL amateur operators on 60 metres on a trial basis. The purpose of the trial is for RSM, NZART and primary users to investigate the ability for the amateur radio operators to operate on the frequencies of operation on a secondary basis without causing interference to primary users. Operation centres on 5353 kHz and 5362 to 5364 kHz with a maximum output of 10 dBW EIRP. Swedish Telecom's regulator considering charging hams a fee to run more than 200 watts. Amateur radio licences were eliminated in Sweden in 2004 and amateur radio in Sweden is permission free but prospective radio amateurs still must pass an examination, typically arranged by Sweden's International Amateur Radio Union Member Society in Sweden, the SSA. A certificate and call sign valid for life are issued without any future fees. Now Sweden's Post and Telecom Authority is considering lowering the maximum transmitter output power for general amateur radio stations to 200 watts PEP. Under a set of wide-ranging proposed regulatory changes affecting many radio services, Radio amateurs wishing to run higher power would have to apply for a licence and pay an annual fee of about $33. Wind-up radio inventor dies. The BBC reports Trevor Bayliss died on the 5th of March, aged 80 years of natural causes after a long illness. His wind-up radio made communications available to people across Africa without access to electricity. In 1991, Trevor Bayliss saw a television program about the spread of AIDS in Africa and he set about developing the wind-up radio. His first working prototype ran for 14 minutes. In 1995, Beigen Power Industries was set up in Cape Town, South Africa, employing disabled workers to manufacture the free-play wind-up radio. His autobiography titled Clock This was published in 1999. Intruders IARUMS Region 3 Although occurring in our region, IARUMS Region 1 has reported interference heard on the 15th of February on 40 metres caused by one of Beijing's over-the-horizon radars. There is also a report of interference heard on 7120 kHz in AM mode caused by Radio Hargisa in Somalia that was so strong it could be heard in Australia and Japan. What's more, the same report mentions that on several occasions on 7000 to 7040 kHz there were Indonesian pirates singing on air. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News. It's contact sport.
in Ingham on Felix VK4FUQ. Remember all major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. But here again are just a few. April 18, Worldwide Amateur Radio Day, IARU. June 17, IARU Region 3. 2018, QRP Day, Region 3. August 11 and 12, VK Remembrance Day Contest. August 18, 19, Worldwide Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 6, Worldwide Oceania Dex Contest. This weekend in VK is the John Moore Memorial Field Day Contest, and VK2 SRC is just one of hundreds activated. Pat, David, Dave and Graham from the Lismore area are operating under the SARC call sign VK2SRC for this year's JMFD from Vista Point Lockout near Ebor. So please keep an ear out for them and give them a call. With more on this year's JMFD, here is Dennis VK4AE coordinator for the WIA John Moore Memorial Field Day. When you hear this news broadcast, this year's contest will already be in progress over this weekend, 17th, 18th of March, and will conclude at UTC 0059 today. While you may have left your run just a bit late as a portable station for this year, there is little to stop you from taking part as a home station, or even a mobile, which is also a portable station, and give out some numbers. Those portable stations that are still out in the field may be too busy to hear this news broadcast as it goes to air, for they will still be flat out making contacts and logging the many stations with whom they have contacted this year. While the contest activities will soon be over, the next part of the field day activity will soon commence. When the contesting actually ends and the rigs are powered down and the task of dismantling the station commences, this is not a lot of fun because everyone is exhausted by the long effort of taking part. However, you must remember that the job is not done until the paperwork is completed. Your log is vital to your efforts by recording all of the contacts you have made during those long hours, but just as important in verifying all of the contacts made by other stations with you. So the log is a two-part document, not just for you, but for everyone else you contacted. Please do not forget to complete your log and submit it either electronically to the various email addresses or by snail mail by the 18th of April 2018. But remember, the closing date will be midnight on the 25th of April 2018. I'm looking forward to receiving the log of your efforts this year. Last year there were well over 1,300 stations who took part, but only 162 took the time, effort and bother to submit a log. As the more logs are received, they will be noted on the WIA website, and as soon as the logs are all received, the results will be published in AR on this WIA news broadcast and on the WIA website as soon as possible. Pacific Ham Radio Drone There is currently a chance to work some really rare grids, HF Voyager is an ocean-going drone currently making its way across from Hawaii to California, carrying out damaged radio contacts in several digital modes. On board in a waterproof container is an Allocraft KX3 and a Raspberry Pi, enabling a variety of digital modes to be used. The station uses FT8 and PSK31 on the 20-meter band as its primary operating modes. You may also find it using WSPR in times of poor propagation. Call sign to look for KH6JF-MM. More details on the current location of the drone are available on this week's text edition of the WIA National News. The DX Edge KH6QJ will be active again from Kiritimati Island, eastern Kiribati, from the 17th to 24th of April as T32AZ. The station will operate on 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres. 
including activity in the Workdoor Provinces China, WAPC contest. VK team will be active as VK9 ally from Lord Howe Island 11 to the 18th of May 2018. They will operate on 160-70 metres CW, SSB and FT8. The Italian D expedition team are QRV from Cameroon as TJ3TT from the 15th to the 29th of March. Who is that masked man? A small group led by Zorro, JH1AJT, is in Bataan till March the 18th and have reactivated their A5A callsign. They will be on SSB, CW and Ritty. Work first, worry later. Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, TA7AZC will be active as 1B stroke TA7AZC from the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, now until March the 19th. His main activity will be on the Russian DX contest, March the 17th and 18th. Note, the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus is a self-proclaimed state part of Cyprus, which is only recognised by Turkey. The TRNC does not count for anything for DXCC purposes. Also, the use of the 1B prefix is illegal and is not sanctioned by the ITU. While we don't always publicise up-and-coming de-expeditions, the D2TI de-expedition to Tigris Island, AF108, has been cancelled due to a whole host of ongoing factors. The Russian team had hoped to be active mid-March for about a week, but it's a no-no. News from the ANZAC front. Radio images remember. AMNCW on ANZAC Day, 25th of April 2018. The traditional AMNCW event organised by Mike BNJ Patterson VK4MIK and the Tablelands Radio Group of Far North Queensland will again take you to the air for the eighth year. This is not a contest. It honours those modes used by service personnel in earlier wars. The event idea came from a telephone conversation between Mike and World War II Coast Watcher in Papua New Guinea, Lionel Veal. Lionel set up his ATR4A HF radio and orientated the antenna from behind enemy lines. Lionel was one of those brave coast watchers who sent back vital information. The concept developed by the Tableland Radio Group in Far North Queensland basically asks us to consider changing modes on Anzac Day Nets as an honour and amateur radio salute to those who served or are serving. For VK1WIA National News in Ingham, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Graham, VK4BB just stepping in again and is it a ship or is it a plane? An interesting article on ship tracks. Now, ship tracks are similar to aircraft condensation trails is in the latest edition, the newsletter GEO. You can download this GEO newsletter for free from the text edition of WIA National News. And still to come in WIA National News, Colin VK3 LED with special interest group news, including a heavenly look at satellites, which reminds us that Monday the 19th of March at 8.43 UTC, students from Templestowe Valley PS will have the privilege to speak with astronaut Scott Tingle on board the International Space Station. Now among those students at the school, young amateur Archie Toy, VK3FTOY, who obtained his foundation licence early last year and has been a very active and enthusiastic amateur. If you'd like to listen in, you can do so via the Echolink AMSAT conference node. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. The Victorian D-Star Users Group are calling all hams with a reminder about their next D-Star Technical Day next Saturday at the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club starting at 10am. 
Its location, as VK3SLR Alan Fowler, Secretary-Treasurer, tells us, is the Youth Room, 39-49 Well Street in Morwell. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, a startup company launched unauthorised satellites. On the same launch as an amateur radio satellite in January from India, some tiny 0.25U CubeSats called Space Bees, not to be confused with the fantasy insects in the Futurama TV cartoon, also went into space when they apparently should not have. The USFCC says Swarm Technologies, a communications startup, launched four tiny internet satellites into space back in January. The FCC didn't approve the project, saying the experimental satellites are dangerous. If confirmed, it would mark the first known time in history that unauthorised satellites have been placed in space. The launch occurred on 12 January 2018, when the state-owned Indian Space Agency launched its 100th satellite, along with 30 others. Four of these 31 satellites probably shouldn't have been packed into the cargo hold of the Polar Satellite Launch Vehicle. More satellite news comes in this week from Peter, VK7PD, who tells us you can send your name to the Sun aboard the Parker Solar Probe. NASA will send your name on a microchip to the Sun aboard the Parker Solar Probe mission due to launch in the summer of 2018. Coming from NASA, we presume they refer to the July-August 2018 northern summer. The spacecraft and instruments will be protected by a 4.5-inch thick carbon composite shield to survive in the 2,500-degree Fahrenheit solar environment. To submit your name, follow the instructions at the web address you can find in the text edition of this broadcast. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the HAMS domain. Doug, VK4ADC, asks WIA News listeners, have you got something related to amateur radio that you want to discuss in a forum environment online? Are you seeking help with a technical issue and need quick advice? The Australian Radio Ham Discussion Forum at ahrdf.net might be just what you're looking for. There are currently over 1,800 posts in over 350 threads, with some 275 mostly VK members contributing or tweaking their knowledge. And for those of you who aren't already aware, it superseded the archived VK Logger Forum about 18 months ago. The forum has sections dealing with HF, VHF and UHF, microwave, contesting, digital, antennas, propagation, WIA info items and even a wanted-to-buy-and-sell listing area. If you need something else added, just ask, but most aspects of amateur radio in VK are already covered. The forum is closely monitored for spam and offensive material and is safe even for children to access. Visit, register and have your say. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Weisson Weather Watch. Cyclone season is about and northern hams need to be in the know about curly wind movements to be ready for activation. In the text edition, thanks to Gavin at the TARC, is a huge list of interesting but must-have URLs. So Australia has Wyson, but the UK has Raynet. Raynet groups around the UK were activated during the heavy snowfalls in the last week or so. Cardiff and District Raynet were called in to assist with the transportation of key personnel, such as community care workers, as well as assisting stranded motorists to reach safety. Lothian and Fife Raynet groups provided a communications net for the local 4x4 response group, passing over 800 messages during their 65 hours of continuous operation. Glasgow and Clyde Raynet assisted ScotServe, a voluntary medical response group, 
who were transferring staff to and from the Children's Hospital in Glasgow. Kent County Rainet members with 4x4s turned their hand to transport as the County Emergency Centre sought help for stranded health and care workers. Altogether, they drove a total of 350 miles, ferrying district nurses and care home staff. Shortwave broadcast to warn fishing vessels. After facing criticism for its failure to warn fishing vessels at sea during Cyclone Oki, the Tamil Nadu state government plans to use shortwave radio broadcasts to provide vital information. The Hindu reports the Tamil Nadu State Disaster Management Authority will soon hold a meeting with the Regional Meteorological Centre and All India Radio to discuss the possibility of starting a dedicated radio station to disseminate weather forecasts to deep-sea fishing vessels. I'm Cole, VK3LED, for WIA National News. Just about the end of WIA National News. On the social scene, March 24 in VK3, D-Star Technical Day at Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club. March 24 in VK2, Club Auction and Sale Day at the Wagga Amateur Radio Club. March 25 in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest at the Great Ryrie Primary School, Heathmont. And March 31 to April 1 in VK2, Yurunga Valley Convention. Where's that? At Yurunga, of course. Now, the big one, of course, is in May. May 18 to 20, the WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and the AGM being held at the Gold Coast. All those details are on wia.org.au. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB, walking softly still. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.